Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. You know, church, when I was practicing this song before tonight, I, I was thinking about it and what do people really think when they come into the church? You know, I've came in here and fooled you guys so many times, and you've probably fooled me that we come on and come in here and think that we have to put our little smile on. But I've came through these doors so often broken. Lord, if I can just make it to your house tonight, I know it's going to be better. And I'll come in here and I'll sit, listen to the singing, listen to the preaching. Devil, that's it. When I leave here, things are going to be different. And before I get home, things are the same. Where are we going wrong? Are we scared to admit the faults that we have sometimes as Christians? Sinners, when they come in this house, they don't care nothing about religion. But they do care about our relationship with the King of Kings. The one that gave his very life for us. And myself, I've... I don't want you all to come off, me to come off tonight to be in no way arrogant. I, I, if you know me, I'm, I'm not that way. But I have been praying for weeks. Lord, give me a boldness and an anointing. So please don't confuse that. If I say anything, I'm going to try to be very self-conscious about using I. Because most of this stuff I'm preaching tonight, it's about me. It's things I... The most important thing about this night is if you're here tonight and you're lost. This service doesn't mean anything if you're lost. That is the most important thing, of seeing you come into Jesus. Because that is the purpose of the church. That's what, that's what we're here for. The title of my message tonight, well, I'll tell you what, let, let's turn to Second uh, Timothy 6 and 7. And I'm also going to be reading 2 Timothy uh, 2, 19-21. If you're there, say amen. It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's a very familiar scripture there. And Paul, he was in prison, probably getting ready to get executed real close to that time. So a man that's getting ready to get killed, his words to somebody else is, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. And you know what he's been through. All right, 19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. But in, a, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work." Can we pray? Father, I thank you for your word tonight. 
Lord, there's nothing that I can add to your word, for it's already anointed. But God, I ask that you would hide me behind the cross tonight. Don't let them see a man up here, but God, let them hear your words. Let them hear your voice of what you've given me to preach to this church. Lord, I love you, and I thank you, and I glorify you for the things that you're going to do here tonight. I'll tell you a couple things that before we get started. If if you're here tonight and the Lord deals with you, don't wait. For, I'm going to have an altar call. We always do. But if the Lord is dealing with you about something tonight, please come up here and spend some one. I, I would ask that nobody would even come up there unless you bring somebody with and you want them to. But I think this is going to be a night for us to have some one-on-one time with the Lord. Sometimes we don't get that. And sometimes when people are praying for us, it's hard to express maybe what we want to tell the Lord. But he knows our heart. So really, we don't, we don't need anybody up here unless, like I said, if you want to bring somebody, that's fine. But if the church has noticed like I have in the last months, maybe even longer, it seems like the messages are really not even geared toward the lost. They've been geared toward the church. So where, as a church, have we missed it? If we have to spend all of our time on ourselves and preaching about the church getting right and doing the right things, then that tells me that there's something wrong. And the title of my message tonight is The Crumbling Infrastructure of the Christian Slash Church, which we are the church. Us sitting here tonight, we are the church. The Lord has given me something that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. It really don't have nothing to do with my message, but... Actually, it does. It says, Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalms 139.23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. The Lord has put gifts in us. If you're saved, then there is gifts inside of you that are sitting dormant. If they're not being manifested in the church, then we're wasting what God's given us. The power that's inside of us. He has anointed each and every one of us. And our family and our friends depend on those gifts. The times I've come in here when I've been hurting, like I told you, I didn't need to hear, brother, we'll be praying for you. I needed somebody to look me in the eye and say, I've got a word from the Lord for you. And that right there is what I needed at those times. But if they're not being manifested in the church, how are we going to hear them? If they're not being manifested in our lives, how are other people going to hear them? Our infrastructure, the, the crumbling of an infrastructure, I do a lot of driving, and the Lord put this on my heart like a couple months ago. I was driving, and I came to a road, and it had a stop sign, and it said, a one-lane road, and it had, I looked, and I said, liar, that's a no-lane road. But the infrastructure probably didn't happen overnight. It can with a big flood or something like that, but most of the time, the infrastructure starts with rain, then another rain, and then it gets holes, it gets cracks, and eventually, that infrastructure of that road is gone. I'm sure you've seen on 
uh, Facebook where somebody posted about the infrastructure of a bridge. It had a big crack in it somewhere in Tennessee, I think it was, and they, they had to shut it down. But when we say infrastructure, we usually relate ourselves to bridges, stuff like that. And that cross right there, and this word, that's our infrastructure bridge to him. We have a direct line for anything that we need through the cross and through his word. So if when we're born again, we have that strong foundation that, I mean, a jackhammer, you can't get through it. That's why the Bible says when you're, when you're children, you know, we got to be as children to get to God because when you're in it for a long time, it seems like, uh, well, maybe we get arrogant sometimes. Maybe we think, bless God, that's not me. But in all reality, that is us. And like I said, I'm preaching to me tonight, church, but when our infrastructure changes, what's the cause of it? There has, there's warning signs when people quit reading the Word, when people quit wanting to be around Christians, when people quit coming to church. Let me tell you something. That is warning signs that there's something wrong with the infrastructure. And let me tell you something. If you've got kids at home or grandkids, you need to bring them to church. Because let me tell you something. My children are now at the age where they're out on their own. They're not here in church. I'm trusting God to bring forth what was placed in them when they were small. By the teachers, by those in this church that have nurtured them up. And now they're on their own. But let me tell you, church, don't give them a choice. If they're at your house, they need to be in this house. Don't say, well, honey, I'll be back in two hours and let them miss the word. Because this may be the only time they get to hear it before Jesus comes. And I don't want to be standing before my child and say, Daddy, why didn't you tell me about this place? Why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me about that? And church, that's what's going to end up happening if we're not careful and we don't get a boldness against the enemy because he is a liar. Amen? Hallelujah. So if, if here's what it says about God. So it has to be us to change. It says God is never changing. Psalm 33, 11 says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Hebrew 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Malachi 3 and 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. So that's not an excuse for us, is it? That's not an excuse because he is never changing. But we can come in this house and we can sit under the anointing of the word and not be moved. So how do we expect sinners to come into this house and be moved? You know, I don't know if you were here Wednesday... Brother Allred preached a message. And he gave an altar call. He said, if anybody needs healing in their bodies, come up. Well, Brother Allred, sorry, buddy, it's 810. Ain't got time tonight. I got to get home and get stuff ready for work. I sat back there with diabetes, AFib in my heart, 
They found two places of cancer on my back. And I sat back there and didn't come up here. And I said, how in the world do I expect sinners to come up when I sit back there as a Christian and don't move? I don't, under, I don't understand. And it's me, people. It, I'm, not pre, I'm not preaching to the choir. I am preaching to me. You know, I listen to testimonies of people that, that don't really do nothing growing up. And, you know, they're saved. They never drank. They never smoked. Well, let me just give you a little testimony of me. Because some of you may not know. But, I mean, I worked and, you know. But I, was, I like to drink. I was a drinker. And I didn't drink the social drink. I drank to get drunk or get the buzz or whatever. I did drugs. I smoked pot. I did cocaine. I did all of these things. And I hear people talk about, I don't even know if I cussed it. I admire that. Don't get me wrong. I admire that from the bottom of my heart. But I told my wife, I said, let me tell you something. I said, if I go before the rapture of the church, I said, I dare you to play a a slow song at my funeral. I said, I surrender all. I don't want that. I love that song. But at my funeral, I want something good. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Oh, it's just in time. Hallelujah. But I want something to people to remember me. And if she'll do it, I'll probably have my Billy Bob teeth in and my funny glasses always worn in Sunday school because that's what people remember. And it ain't morbid because let me tell you, it's a celebration. There's such a difference when you go to a funeral and you know they're saved versus you know they're not. And I want to be one of them that goes out of here letting people know who and how far that he saved me. Amen? I got this off the internet. People that may be struggling tonight with things God's dealing with them, I'm telling you, we're getting ready to see something amazing in this church. I feel it. I know it. God is waiting on us. Don't let the enemy discourage and deter you from anything that God is calling you to do because you might be the very one that breaks this whole church out into a revival. So stand fast on what he's putting in your heart. And I believe he's dealing with a lot of people about different areas of ministry in this church right now. It says, when you are gifted and anointed... Satan will personally assign someone to bring you down just so your gift and anointing won't manifest. But the enemy cannot kill what God has anointed to live. He cannot stop who God has chosen to prosper. He cannot block what God is called to manifest. Hallelujah. You know, we depend so much on our pastors and ministers to feed us the word. And I was wondering, not for months, and I did that for years. I sat back there and feed me, pastor, feed me, pastor, and then go home and not get in the word myself. You know, that's fine when you're a young Christian because we can't start out on the meat. We have to start out on the milk of the word. But when I'm sitting back there and the pastor has to part my mustache to stick a bottle in my mouth to bottle feed me there's something wrong with that I did that for so long and I didn't understand what was going on but every time a trial would come against me there I'd be down the mully grubs because the pastor didn't feed me what I was supposed to get it's not his, it's his job to feed us don't get me wrong 
But it's also our job to dig into the Word for ourselves. Timothy 2 and 15 says, Study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing of truth. You know, we're going to face trials in this life. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying that we're supposed to be superhuman Christians that don't go through nothing. Life is real. We go through stuff. But we need to take the trials, the temptations, the things that the enemy places in front of us, the stumbling stones, we need to take those and use them as steps. When he puts a stumbling stone, use it as a step to climb up and to get higher and closer to the Lord. How many of you in here have Blackstone grills? Any of you in here got Blackstone? Okay, it's I got one for Christmas. And it's not a grill you just take out of the box and throw a burger on. It's got a process that it has to go through. It's kind of like a hibachi's. You've seen the grills there, but it's just a smaller version. Well, when you get that thing, I read the directions. I was online looking at Blackstone pages. You name it, I did it because I was trying to get it right. But what you have to do when you first get it, you open it up, you put oil on it. And it says, turn it up as high as it'll go. All the burners. It'll start smoking. Then when it quits smoking, you do the same process. Pour the oil on. Turn it up as high as it'll go. You do that three times. And what that does, that puts a coating on it. So no matter what you cook, now no matter how hot that the heat gets, that grill will withstand that. And what you do to keep it fresh all the time, you put oil on it when you're done. You wipe oil on it. What does oil represent in the church? It represents the Holy Ghost. So if we will go through the same process when the heat's turned up on us and we begin to get in the Word and, and the anointing and the oil begins to flow over us, I'm telling you, it will secure our destiny to heaven. It will keep us from having to go through things that we normally should not have to go through. We bring a lot of it on ourselves, church. We bring it on ourselves. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. How many of you, I'm sure some of you probably heard, but this, this was so good when I was studying that the story of the donkey in the well, I'm sure most of you probably heard it, but this farmer lost his donkey down in the deep well. And it was kind of old, and he said, well, that's one of my best ones. But he said, you know what? He said, there's no way for me to get it out. He said, I'm going to, there's really nothing I can do other than bury it. So he called some of his other farmers around, and he said, boys, I need you to, help me bury the donkey. He said, I hate to get rid of her, but she's, there's no way I can get her out, and I don't want her to suffer. So they began piling dirt and piling dirt and piling dirt, shovel by shovel, because they were trying to do it quick so, so the donkey wouldn't, you know, suffer very much. And they kept throwing and throwing, and all of a sudden they looked, and they saw dust flying. And they was like, what in the world is that? Well, they put some more shovelfuls in and come to find out every time a shovelful would come on that donkey, he would start shaking. He would shake it off his back and he would use that to step up. And by the time they got to the top, that donkey's problems had rescued him out of that well. Amen? Hallelujah. 
let's talk about let's talk about some things maybe that that crumble our infrastructure. If you're at work and your group or the group you work with is around telling dirty jokes, you need to leave. You don't have to say, bless God, I'm a Christian. I ain't listening to this. You just subtly walk away. If they, don't, if they know you, they're, they're going to know immediately why you're doing it anyway. Because let me tell you something. When those people, they may make fun of you. Oh, Jack thinks he's too good for us. But let me tell you something. When it, rubber meets the road and they need prayer, they're going to come to you. They're going to come to the one that's in the world, but not of the world. Here's another one. Oh, boy. Pa- uh, tell him, tell Pastor I used his old boy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have heard Christian people over my life, we'd be talking about movies, and they'd say, you know what? That's a good movie, except they use God's name in vain. I'm like, how, how is that a good movie? We don't have no excuse to go sit in a movie theater... When we use this for everything else, all you do is type in, does such and such use God's name in vain? If it does, that should eliminate that movie. There shouldn't be no question about that movie. I don't care how good it is. You know as well as I do, you cannot turn on the TV on any channel hardly anymore. And when we sit there, excuse me, when we can sit there in our living rooms, and watch stuff that is contrary to God's Word and it not bother us a bit, there's something wrong. Our infrastructure has got cracks. Our infrastructure has got holes. If there's a break in a levee or a hole, it don't take a hole but that big. And eventually that water pushing through, pushing through, and pushing through, it's going to break. That levee will break. It don't take a lot. But things like that, church, will destroy us and make us work for things that we shouldn't have to as Christians. I looked up this word when I was preparing this message. It said, desensitize. To make emotionally insensitive or callous. To extinguish an emotional response that formerly induced it. So what does that tell you? Everything I just said... Everything I just talked about, that's what happens to us. It desensitizes us to the things contrary to God's Word. Then we struggle. Then we wonder, why, why, why? I was misled as a young... Not maybe really misled, but told that everything's going to be just fine once I give my heart to the Lord. And let me tell you something. That wasn't true. That was not true. But it's usually not subtle things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. See, they come and eat the fruit, or they'll nibble on it, and it says they come at night, so when nobody can really see them. I'm sure they come in the day too, but when I was reading studying this. But it's the little things. I was a Christian down in South Carolina, and, I mean, I was as saved as I could get that I thought, well, 
like I told you before, I like to drink beer. So I went by a store with me and a friend one day. And they came out with non-alcoholic beer. I said, you know what? All I like is the taste anyway. I think I'll get me a six-pack of that. And I did. Me and my friend both. And let me tell you something. It took us so far from the Word because it led us back in to things that we should not be doing. If you listen to music, I was raised in the 80s. I listened to all that. But let me tell you, you got to be careful. Well, I'm just doing that. I'm cutting grass. I just want some uppity-up lip. Let me tell you what the devil will do. He will take a song that used to have you in sin and bring that... I can't remember what I did yesterday, but the devil will bring to my mind something that I did while that song was playing in 1980. And let me tell you something. We cannot do... We cannot open our minds to that kind of stuff. We've got to be different. We've got to be changed to something that we say we are. You know, we secure... All of our stuff around the house, I mean, I've got cameras, I've got lights, I've got guns, I've got a dog. And I go through a lot to try to secure, and we have to today. We have to just, you know, try to protect what we've got. But how much effort do I put in protecting what God's put in me? Do I put all that effort into me that I put into my possessions? Because let me tell you something. Things of this world are temporary. They will not last. So if you find in your joy in a paycheck, you're probably like me. Yeah, I'm taking that extra money. I'm going to save it. No, you're not. You're going to raise your living, and then you're going to have to depend on that extra income. If you're depending on your children for your joy, you're going to be disappointed when they get older. It's all nice, and you can't wait till they talk. You can't goo-goo-ga-ga, wait till they walk, and then for long, shut up and sit down. <laughs> That's where we're at. But let me tell you, we cannot find... They give you joy. Don't get me wrong. They give you joy. You can get joy, but we cannot depend on our joy because they will disappoint us. You know, we, we go to sing the song all the time. I went to the enemy's camp. Take back what he stole from me. And you know what? I shout and I do that song every time. And when I was preparing this word, God said, if you didn't let him come into your camp so much, you wouldn't have to go to his camp to take back what he stole from you. That's my fault. That's nobody's fault but mine. Let me tell you, pity parties, I've sent out enough invitations to plaster this sanctuary. And you know who shows up? The devil. Me and him will sit there. Here's what he did. Here's what he did. When you quit reading your word, when you quit studying and coming to church, here's what he does. Hey, old buddy, how are you doing? He'll come right in and with boldness and sit next to us. He'll, what do we do? Look around. You see anything you want? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Now that you mentioned, I'll take your joy. I'll take your peace. I'll take your children. I'll try to take your salvation. But that's the head games. Once he gets in here, that's what he plays. is head games with the church. 
He is a defeated foe, an enemy with no authority. God has given us all authority. Not some, but he has given us all authority over everything that we do. Jesus, he paid it all, church. He don't owe us anything. We feel like he owes us all the time. He does bless us, there's no doubt about that, but he owes us nothing. And we live in a world, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me, hurry up, I want it, get it fast, I want it, I want it. And we talk about sometimes our children being spoiled, but sometimes do we use God? Does he feel like we're spoiled Christian children? Because we do that at times. When Joshua was leading in the Israelites across the Jordan, God gave him a specific command. Well, first, the day before they were going to do it, he told them, he said, listen, he said, you need to clean yourself up, sanctify yourself, and get right. He said, tomorrow, God, God's going to do something. So, so that's what he did. And he told the priest, he said, Go to the brink of the Jordan. It wasn't just a regular flowing river. It was flood season. So it was, it was a massive river. It was not, not a stream. But that just goes to show the miraculousness of God. He don't take just the little things to show somebody, but he takes the big things just to show and to prove people that it was him. But he told them, he said, tell the priest to go to the brink of the Jordan. That right there would be scary, just knowing I'm getting to the edge of the water and it's flooding. But he told the priest, he said, go to the brink and stand. And the water was separated. And I'm here tonight to tell you that some of you are standing right on the brink of your miracle. Something that you have been praying for for months, maybe years. I'm telling you tonight that God says if you will step out onto the brink of your miracle, he will perform it tonight. And I believe with all my heart that that's what we're here for tonight, church. I believe that he wants to do a new thing in the church tonight. I believe he wants us as Christians to get closer than we've ever been in our lives. Proverbs 4 and 23, 4.23-27 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away... From thee a froward mouth, perverse lips, put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. In the message, I looked this up in the message, it says, Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That is where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid white lies and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshows and distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right or left. Leave evil in the dust. In the word... Isaiah, it says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And, you know, that's really, we use that 
scripture as relating to things that we go through. But that's actually talking about Israel when, when they're attacked, that they're, they're going to come in, the Lord's going to come in against his enemies and basically just wipe them out. But that scripture I think is very relevant in our lives because the Lord says no matter what we go through that he's going to be there. In Ezekiel 47 and 4, he was there in the temple and the water began to rise up. And you know, if he measured a thousand, he stepped out in his ankles, then his knees, then his waist, then his waist, and then finally it was so, it was a river that said no man could cross. And you know, I believe that we may be ankle deep tonight, but if we would trust God enough to get out into the deep waters where we can't control it ourselves, that only he can control it. If we can get out into that river, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that we're going to see some miracles happen. Amen. Glory to you. Sister Talina, if you'd like to like to go ahead and come. Church, I guess what I really want to say tonight is we've got to guard our hearts no matter the cost, our families, our children, our co-workers, the people that we need to touch, they're depending on that. I'm going to tell you, what, as Talena, if you just play soft, I'm going to tell you a situation. This happened to me, what, two, two weeks ago? Mother's Day, it was, well, it was, at that time, it was Nurses Week also. And... I very seldom, I could count on one hand probably times, I've ordered my wife flowers since we've been married, but not because I don't love her. But anyways, I did this big whoop to do This was the Friday before Mother's Day, and they were getting their orders ready for Saturday. And I called Friday morning and said, can you deliver some flowers? I sent her a text to correspond with the flowers. You know, I built this thing up big for me. And they said, yeah, we'll get the flowers there. Well, my wife calls me, or I called her actually. I was on a job. She said, i got to leave early. I said, oh, great. So I said, what time are you leaving? Probably around 3. So I called the flower shop. I said, listen, my wife's leaving early. Is there any way you can get those flowers there by then? She put me on hold. She said, yep. She said, we can get them there by 3 o'clock. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I was trying to stall my wife without just coming out and telling her, hey, I ordered you flowers. They're going to be late. You know, you've got to hang out. Well, what happened is... Four o'clock came, no flowers. She was already gone. Matter of fact, I think she was already home. Well, you were already home, weren't you? Almost home. Okay. Well, I said, bless God, I'll take care of this. So, the, well, the flower shop called her, and I said, well, for one thing, they shouldn't have called her. It was mine. I ordered them. They should have dealt with me. But I called them, and they said, well, what day can we deliver them another day? And I said, no. No, you can't. I said, you got my card? I said, just go ahead and take it off my card. Well, then they got the manager. She said, well, I don't know what happened this and that. We tried to do it. I said, well, they said they'd have them there at 3, and they weren't there at 3. I said, just take them off my bill and forget about it. So that was the end of it. Me and her talked about it a little bit after we got home, and they had a yard sale down here that Friday. And I mean, when I got up Friday morning, I mean, when I got up Saturday morning, the Lord started dealing with my heart. And I was like, Lord, please let me handle this one. Just don't get involved. I mean, really, that's what I did. And he kept saying, make it right. Make it right. I was like, oh, great. So I called the flower shop Saturday after I left here. 
And I said, can I speak to so-and-so? She said, they're really busy. She's busy. They're getting Mother's Day stuff delivered, da-da-da. And I said, okay. I said, I just was on to speak to her. They said, hold on a minute. And they went and got her, the lady I'd spoken to. And I forget her name. I ain't going to say her name because some of you might know her. But it was a place in Charleston. But I said, listen. I said, I'm sorry. She said, no, first I said, this is Jack. Do you remember the one you talked to? She said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, listen, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I thought about it and I prayed about it and I said, I was wrong. I said, I'm not taking all the fault though. I still had to get my point in there. I said, but you know, you did your best to deliver those flowers. And I was not right about it. What I did was not right. So I said, listen, you still got my card number. I said, resend those flowers Monday. She said, wow. And I was like, oh gosh, here we go. I figured she'd say, wow, after all that, now you're going to get the flowers again? And she said, let me tell you something. She said, you made my day. I could hear it in her voice. And I said, oh God. She said, I want to thank you so much for saying and doing what you did. She said, people don't do that anymore. And then I was like, oh God. But let me tell you, just that quick, I was studying for this message. And that happened to me. But if we don't bridle, and like Pastor says, filter our thoughts through what we say, we can ruin somebody on the other end of the line. She didn't know I was a Christian. And I, I don't even know why I said I prayed. Maybe, you know, God must have wanted me to say that. That's, I said I thought about it and prayed about it. But that's how quick that something like that can happen. Because you know what? People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's the world that we live in. We can say we got this. I, the song I sang, if you got fish and uh, crosses, that's fine. But you know what? That I can, I'm a Christian. I can put me a big shirt on. It doesn't mean nothing if what comes out of here doesn't match up what's here or on the back of my car. Because let me tell you something. When you put something like that on there, you are putting yourself under a microscope. So you better be living what you're advertising. If I advertise something for my business, I better be able to back it up or people are not going to believe in it no more. And I'm wondering if the world has seen that in us. Church, are we getting so busy that we don't have time? That I don't have time to pray for your children? families are we so busy with things that we cannot come to church this is where I get my strength I can come one Sunday I can come one time a week and I could probably make it through it but I'm telling you I face things through the week that I don't the preaching's fine the singing's great but I need the love of my brothers and my sisters I really wish we would some night remember how back Back in the day, we used to just have nothing but a testimony service. Everybody would stand up, take turns testifying of what the God has done in their lives. We probably have to set a time limit because we've got a pretty good-sized church. But you know what? That used to bless me so much. You know what? I'm not alone. I'm not alone. They just went through that. Brother Steve, you just went through that. Randy, you just went through that. Praise the Lord. You know, we all go through stuff. I'm going to ask you tonight that if
if you would be obedient unto the Lord. If there's anything in your life that has been keeping you from Him to fulfill the purpose that He's called you to do in this church. Or maybe you just need boldness. I'm telling you right now. I was several weeks ago, if you all was here on Wednesday, I said, I'm sick and tired of wasting the years that I've wasted. And I'm not wasting no more. If this is what God has called me to do, this is what I'm going to do till Jesus comes. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. I'm going to read part of Psalms 91. While I'm reading this, and Talena begins to play, could you come up here and spend some time with the Lord? If you want me to pray for you, I will. But let's just have some one-on-one time with the Lord. and let's Church, let's be honest with Him. We may not be honest with each other, but let's be honest with Him tonight. Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust His truth. Shall be a shield and a buckler. Church, I believe He wants us to gather tonight under His wings. He wants to do things for us that if we would just open our hearts and be obedient because you know obedience is better than sacrifice. But let's just let him know tonight that he can trust us as a church. Amen. That we can be honest with ourselves tonight of the word that you heard. I can't change you, but I really believe that the word can change all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.